But how about today? We're ready to pray? Amen. All right, let's pray and invite the Lord to uh, minister to us uh, through the Word of God today. Heavenly Father, we are truly grateful. Uh, we're thankful for you uh, in, in the way that, Father, you love us and you've shown us a way uh, towards eternal life and, and that we can know you and know you intimately and personally. Father, we're so excited today to be able to launch this new series. We ask for your anointing upon it. We ask that it would expand our hearts and our minds, challenge us to go farther and higher for you, Jesus, than ever before. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Anybody recognize those people? Huh? Anybody recognize it? It just happened to be well coordinated with Incredibles 2. Just happened to be. Just a purely coincidence. But, uh, but those were the Incredibles. And, uh, of course, that's the Pixar animated movie. And right now, The Incredibles 2 is out. But most importantly is that it introduces that we're going to kind of use The Incredibles as a way for us to, to learn more about extraordinary faith extraordinary faith. Over the next five Sundays, we're going to be speaking about how you can develop extraordinary faith, and most importantly, how you can become incredible for God. Did you know that that's possible? It's an incredible idea. These great uh, world greatest crime fighters, saving lives, battling evil on a daily basis, the Incredibles provide for us just an animated inspiration for what we can be for God. What does the word incredible suggest to you? When you just hear the word incredible, what comes to you? Uh, the word incredible, other, other words, synonyms for inconceivable, astonishing, amazing, extraordinary, mind-blowing, mind-boggling, fantastic, remarkable, staggering, phenomenal. Luke chapter 5 and verse 36, 26 says this, Then, after seeing the works of Jesus, then everyone was astounded. And they were giving glory to God. And they were filled with awe and said, We have seen incredible, everybody say incredible, incredible, incredible things today. Why? Because God's an incredible God. Amen? Turn to your neighbor and just say, My God is incredible. Just turn to your neighbor and tell him that right now. He is incredible. Listen, I, I, I'm not trying to suggest this morning that God's calling you to be a superhero. All right, that's not my suggestion. But what I am saying is that we have an incredible God and he desires for us to be engaged in his incredible exploits. Did you know that? He actually wants you to partner with him in his exploits. Look at this great scripture from Daniel 11, verse 32. And the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Isn't that the heart of the gospel, that we can know God and that we can know him on a 
personal, intimate level. He invites us to come to him and have a personal relationship with him. And this great scripture tells us that the people who know their God, how many of you believe you know God? You know God. You come to Christ. You come to saving faith in him. Amen. Those that really develop an intimate knowledge of who God is and what he will do for you, those who know their God will be what? Two promises. They'll be strong. Anybody here need a little strength today? They will be strong and they will carry out great exploits. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't want any part of dead religion. I it was I came to Jesus at an early age, but I got really uh, I really got tired of a dead form where nothing adventurous or exciting for Jesus was happening. What I discovered when I was 17 was that God is still doing great exploits, that all that stuff didn't stop at the close of the New Testament. And I don't know about you, but when I discovered that God invites me to be a part of his exploits on this planet, that was thrilling. And he does it by taking up resonance by the Holy Spirit, filling us with the Holy Spirit, making us empowered instruments and vessels for him. And so in this brief five-week series, we're going to study about being extraordinary in our faith. We're going to talk about how we can grow and develop and increase our faith and how that faith is a key to walking and living an abundant life and sharing with God in these exploits. So let me ask you a question this morning. How big is your God? How big is your God? You might say, well, come, come on, Pastor. I mean, what do you mean, how big is our God? He's big, he's big, he's big. No, but how big is your God? It may sound like a foolish question, but it's a very relevant question. Because as you determine in your own mind and heart the size of your God, it will determine the height that you can climb in him. How big is you God? Is your God? I know too many Christians who in their own mind and heart, their perceptions, is God small? He's actually weaker than what some of the challenges are that they face. I want to challenge you today to think about the fact that your God should be big and bigger probably than your perceptions. And so your honest answer to that question is going to reveal very much. I love this quote by Dwight L. Moody, who said, if God is your partner, how many say God's my partner? Yeah, is he your partner? If God's my partner, do what? Make your plans big, big. I once heard Lauren Cunningham say, if your vision, if your personal dream is something that you can accomplish in your own power, you're dreaming too small. You're envisioning too small. Because in other words, you can just pull it off on your own. We need to make sure that our dreams and our plans and our goals are so big that it only takes a supernatural big God to pull it off. Amen? So here's what I want to do. I want to share with you this morning three faith-building facts. Starting next week, we'll dive more into the ideas of faith, how it, what it is, how it operates, and how to grow your faith over the next few weeks. But uh, I want to share with you three important, hopefully I can get to them all, three Faith-building facts. Are you ready for these? Everybody taking notes? Or following notes? By the way, uh, they've already been sent out, so if you're not on that list, let us know. We'll make sure you get on lists where you get the notes weekly before the service. Three faith-building facts. Number one. Number one. All things are possible with God. I know that's a familiar-sounding verse. 
repeated in several different places in Scripture, each in a little bit different way. But it is an essential foundational principle that you get. So I want you, if you would, take those religious blinders off for a moment that cause you to kind of blank out certain things. You go, oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Oh, yeah, I'm familiar with that. Just for a moment, would you reconsider with me this morning the fact that all things are possible with God? Possible. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 26 says, But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Listen, folks, here's your options in life. With God, everything's, everything is possible. With man, things are impossible. Which, do you, which, which track do you want to be on? What path do you want to choose? I think it's obvious. Because of who God is, because of his nature, his character, we know him to be all-powerful. And as we emphasize in the worship songs this morning, we also know him not only to be great, but we also know him to be good, right? He's a good God, but he's also a great God, and he loves us, amen? And no problem in life, No goal in life is too big for God. Are you hearing me clearly? Nothing you're facing in your personal walk in life is too big for God because with God, all things are possible. No problem is too small. No problem is too insignificant. No problem is too large. No problem is beyond his power. And by the way, you know something? He specializes in the impossible. You say, Pastor, you just don't know what I'm facing. Oh, yeah, but I know this. He specializes in doing the impossible. Have you ever wondered why it seems like God specializes in doing the impossible things? I think it's because he gets more glory. When he does something beyond man's control, when he, when he provides financially in a way that you go, that just, that just, there's just no way we could do that. But God comes through financially. Or whether it's a, a, a healing, a physical miracle, or whether it's a breakthrough in a relationship, regardless, let me tell you, he loves to specialize in the impossible. One more great scripture in Acts chapter 3 and verse 16 says, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Now, that's actually a, a quote taken from Jeremiah 32, 27. But the fact that it's repeated in the New Testament, I think, has this, the emphasis the Holy Spirit is placing upon that. May I read it again to you? The Lord says what? I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Wouldn't you think that the Creator... If we have a problem, then we ought to go back to the source, amen, and that God is our creator. He is the master of all things, and he's asking us the question. I love this. God's saying, hey, is anything too hard for me? He might as well reframe it to say, "Am I? do you realize how big I really am? Don't, I'll, don't limit me. Don't restrict me don't minimize me don't allow me to be small in your own thinking because nothing is too hard for me you know what the size of your god the size of your god will determine the height of your walk how great you can be used by god he's bigger than your problems whatever it might be. I love this scripture 
that uh, affirms to us his greatness and also it tells us his willingness. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him who is able. Can everybody say he's able? This is speaking about his capacity, his ability. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. How? According to his power that is at work on Mars. Oh, did I misread that? According to his power that is at work where and how? In us. In us. If you're a born-again believer, his power, Holy Spirit, resides in you. This is a great word of praise, and it's glorifying God because of what? That he's able to do. Sometimes we need to be reminded, don't we, friends? That he is able to do what? Beyond. Bigger stuff than we ask for. Bigger things than you can even imagine. Listen, his capacity, his ability, and may I add this morning, his willingness is to do more than you can even dream possible. All things are possible with God. Now, I know that it's unfair this morning to do this, but I want to just remind you of a couple of cases in Scripture because there's no way that I could do justice to all of these stories. But, but as you well understand, there is a preponderance of evidence in the Bible of God's ability and desire to do the impossible. And what I really hope will happen is I remind you of these stories, and I'll do so in a very quick, quick snapshot fashion. I want to remind you from these stories, and I purposely picked, selected some Bible incidents that will click in most of your memories. Some of you may be here, and you're new to God, and you don't know the Bible yet, and you're still learning. Some of you have been in Sunday school since, since day one. Right, And so some of these things will jog your memory. But all of it is designed just to stimulate and stir, remind you of incidents in the Bible where God is just showing off his stuff. Where he's showing himself big. And I want to remind you of some of those this morning. All right, here we go. First of all, do I need to remind you in Exodus chapter 16 of the incredible story of Moses and the Red Sea as Moses is taking the children of Israel out of bondage and out of Egypt and they ran, they were running away from Pharaoh and the armies of the Egyptians and they ran right up against the Red Sea. How many would say, uh-oh, we do that in our life, don't we? We run we run right up against it, and then many times we quit, we give up, we turn around, we run away, whatever it may be. And I'm sure that Moses momentarily was full of fear, was at least attacked with some doubt, and intimidated by the, the impossibility that was in front of him. But we know that God did what? God just said, just look to me. Let me do this for you. Just stand still and watch my deliverance. And he raised his rod up in the air. And of course, God did the rest. He opened up the Red Sea. And those hundreds of thousands of Israelites and their children walked across on dry land. You know, sometimes, family, our familiarity with the great stories of the Bible, get fuzzy. It causes us to go, oh yeah, I've heard that story. I saw that movie. (laughs) Right? And we forget what a great, incredible story that is. And it ought to stir your faith 
this morning. May I remind you of another one? The Bible tells us maybe one that you're not quite as familiar with. But in Joshua chapter 10, the Bible says that Joshua was involved in, in trying to defeat the Amorites. And uh, you know God did something pretty unique. He did something pretty incredible. Do you know what he actually did? Verse 13, Joshua chapter 10 says, So the sun stood still. Mm. The sun stood still and the moon stayed in place until the nation of Israel had defeated their enemies. Do you all understand the significance of what happened there? The, 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 the powers, the, the, the laws of physics, the laws of gravity, the laws of the, the, uh, that run our universe, of the movement of sun, the law of time, 60 seconds in every minute. All the rules and laws that govern our universe were suspended. God stepped in. He just said, pause. He just pressed the pause button, put everything on hold so that his people could live in victory. Hallelujah. Do you hear me this morning? If God did that for Joshua and the Israelites, how much more willing? What is he willing to do for you? He loves you just as much. He is able even to stop time if need be in order to help you live in victory. What a great story. That one's tempting to delve into more, isn't it? All right. How about Daniel Lyons then? One of my favorites as a child. I don't know why. I, I, th- I think I do know why. In the house that my, our family household that I grew up in, my parents had this painting. It wasn't a real painting. Uh, we couldn't have ever afforded that, so it was a cheap replication. But it was a painting of Daniel in the lion's den. And I remember as a little boy looking at that, looking at that picture hanging on the wall, and I always was just just mesmerized by that great miracle of how that God, of course, we know that Daniel was placed in the lion's den as penalty for for uh, not refusing to uh, honor uh, honor the idols that were being set up before him. And you can read it on your own in Daniel chapter six. But the scripture says very early the next morning, the king got up hurried to the lion's den. When he got there, he called out in anguish. He was worried, concerned about Daniel's welfare. And he said, Daniel, servant of the living God, was your God whom you serve so faithfully able to rescue from the lions? You know, that's a question people ask today all over the place. Are you sure God can handle this? Are you sure God's big enough for this? Are y'all sure about that? And then I love the answer. There may have been a moment of silence. Uh, But Daniel answered and said, long live the king. My God sent his angel to shut the lion's mouths so they would not hurt me. Hallelujah. Isn't that incredible? Do you have some lions maybe in your own life that are roaring, making some noise in your life, that are threatening maybe your, your existence or your future or in some way in your life? God is able to silence them. He's able to do the same for you. Why? He's an incredible God. How about let's switch to the New Testament. Boy, you know that there's hundreds more examples I could give you from the Old Testament. The New Testament, we know in John chapter 2, the very first miracle that Jesus ever performed in a little village called Cana. I've been there myself in Israel, a wonderful little place. And uh, Jesus did a miracle. He simply attended a wedding, minding his own business, right? But uh, they ran out of wine. And Jesus asked them to 
directed them to do certain things, and the result was what? He was able to take the water, and it turned into wine. And it says in John 2, uh, when the master ceremonies tasted the water that was now wine, not knowing where it came from, though, he called the bridegroom over and said, a host always serves the best wine first. Then when everyone has had a lot to drink, he brings out the less expensive wine. But you have kept the best wine until now. Only Jesus could, 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 can you, he changed the chemical makeup of H2O into a high quality vintage wine. How many of you know it, if there's one thing you know about wine, you know what? It takes time. Not for Jesus. Boom. That's all it took. He just transformed H2O chemically right into the best wine possible. He's an incredible God. All things are possible with God. We also know the story of Jesus who faced the demoniac after a trip over uh, the Galilee, the Sea of Galilee. And in Mark chapter 5, we know that as Jesus climbed out of the boat, there was a man who was possessed by evil spirits who came out of the tombs to meet him. Uh, the man used to live in, in, in the tombs and burial caves. He used to cut himself. And there were uh, no chains would hold him. He was a crazy man. He was insane. He was screaming and yelling. And, and uh, that when they would try to uh, bind him, he would always snap the chains from his wrist. And day and night, the Bible says that he wandered around uh, harassing people. And I'm sure he had quite the reputation in his region. But the most important thing, it said that when, in verse 6, when Jesus was still some distance away, I love this. The man saw him. This is the demonized man. The man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. Look at that. And then with a shriek, he screamed. Of course, then the demons started speaking out of him. And Jesus, uh, we'll, we'll fast forward the story. Jesus completely sets him free of the legion of demons. And he's transformed right there in front of Jesus and becomes an incredible witness and evangelist for Jesus in his region. Only Jesus can bring freedom to the demonized. Uh, can, can I just tell you something? I, I, I'm a strong, I, I refer people for Christian therapy and help and whatever source of counseling uh, that, that is necessary. But you know what I just found? You know, sometimes if Jesus can set you free, and he can and he will, if you're set free from sometimes an evil spirit that's behind some of the problem, it can reduce your counseling time by nine-tenths. I've seen it. I'm not, I'm not, don't misunderstand, I'm not poo-pooing good Christian counseling, Bible-based Christian therapy counseling. But I'm just here to tell you, sometimes they're just demon spirits messing with people's minds, messing with people's emotions, getting them all messed up. And the good news is we have the authority and the power of the name of Jesus. And just because we see Jesus doing it, Jesus says, and even greater things will you do in my name because I'm going my father. Isn't that good news? He brings freedom to the oppressed, to the demonized. See how many more stories we get in here. He walked on water. What a great story. We know not only did Jesus walk on water, but in Matthew 14, we learned that Peter walked on water, right? Peter and the other disciples in the boat. Peter finally realizes this. Jesus walking on water. And he says, I'm coming. Can I come out there? Come on. 
And he climbed out of the boat onto the water, and he started walking. Now, that in and of itself, folks. I, I mean, you might say, well, you know, you could expect Jesus to walk on water. Well, of course Jesus could walk on water. Yeah, but Peter? What about Peter? Peter exercised extraordinary faith. He believed the word that Jesus said, come on. You know, sometimes the words of Jesus don't have to be sophisticated. Sometimes he's just saying, come on. (laughs) Sometimes he just says, get up. Go. This stuff isn't complicated, all right? Let's don't complicate it. And, And so Jesus invites him, just come on. And he climbs out of the boat. And once again, natural law, suspended. And he literally walks on the surface of the water. Scientifically, is that possible? No. Laws of physics, is it possible? No. But all things are possible with our God. Amen? Do you feel your faith being stirred this morning? Please remember of the great miracles that we see in in, in the New Testament of Jesus raising people from the dead. And the one that that particularly I picked it just because it's not as well known. But there's a story of, of a widow of Nain and she lost her son and she's in a funeral procession. I just love this. Funeral procession, picture the funeral procession coming down the the winding streets uh, of Nain, and she comes down that street. She's in a funeral. They've got her son in in, in a casket coming down. So the funeral's coming this way. The only thing that interrupted the funeral plans was that Jesus was walking the opposite direction. So Jesus is coming at them, just minding his own business, walking down there. Funeral's going this way. Jesus is coming this way. Listen, when you and Jesus intersect, stuff happens. Stuff happens. And right there in the middle of the street, Jesus stopped the funeral procession and raised that widow's son from the dead. Hallelujah. What an incredible miracle. Jesus has authority over death. Jesus has authority over sorrow and grief. He can release you from it. He can even stop a funeral procession if he needs to. Our God, all things are possible. Amen. And I don't need to retell this story, do I? Come on, don't make me retell this story. I, we, we know the multitudes gathered. They were hungry. We know that the little boy brought the lunch. Jesus multiplied the loaves and the fishes, and it fed thousands of people with extra take-home left over. Amen? Isn't that a great miracle? And it's a, it's a proof to us that God meets all of our needs, and that he has the ability, whatever it is, whether it's lunch tomorrow or whether it's paying your bills for the month of August or whether it's allow you to give more as you want to give more to the kingdom of God, what God's doing even through this church, it's all right. God is able to provide. All of us remember the healing of the paralyzed. And there's numerous examples of healing throughout the Gospels and the book of Acts, but in Acts chapter 3, we know that Peter and John were, as their common uh, practice was, they were on the way to the temple to pray. And we know that uh, Peter and John, according to Acts 3 verse 4, were were going in there and, and the lame man was sitting there and he asked for money and Peter answered him and saying what? I don't have any. Don't have any money. Just never let that be an excuse for not seeing God do something miraculous. I don't have any money today, but I tell you what, I do have. I don't have any money, but I know what I do have. I've got the authority of the name of Jesus, and I've got Christ living in me through the power of the Holy Spirit. And the name of Jesus grabbed you by the hand, said, rise up and walk. And we know that God strengthened his legs, healed the lame man, and he began not only to walk, but to what? 
to run and leap and dance. And it astounded that miracle all those who were around him. He heals whatever sickness. He has the ability to heal sickness and disease, even terminal ones. Can someone say amen? amen. All right, and of course we know the great story. Uh, just one more. This is my last one of Peter's deliverance from prison. Peter, the leader of the church, had been arrested, placed in prison, placed in a place that nobody else knew where it was. And we know that, that the church was praying for him, right? The Bible says the church was earnestly praying for Peter. And as they prayed for him, the Bible says that suddenly there was a bright light in the cell and an angel of the Lord stood before Peter. And the angel struck him on the side to awaken him. And you all ever had, had someone just kind of hit you and wake you up a little bit? It's kind of, that's kind of what it was. He was busy sleeping. And the angel had to come and hit him just to wake him up. And he said, quick, get up. And when he woke up, the chains that were on his wrists fell off. And the angel said, get dressed and put on your shoes. Let's go. Get your coat. Follow me. What an incredible deliverance. And the scripture says they just literally walked right out of prison, walked out, walked through the doors, unlocked, locked doors, became unlocked, walked right out. What a miraculous deliverance from prison. He wasn't the only one that got set free from prisons, but we know that Jesus uh, did this great miracle uh, through the hands of the early church. Do I need to tell you again? God works the impossible. Let me just say this to you before I go to the second point. The size of your God will determine the height of your walk. Today, you need to remind your doubts and fears how big God is. You need to remind your fears, remind your doubts how big your God is. You need to stop. I don't mean to be mean about this at all. Stop telling God how big your problems are. And start telling your problems how big your God is. Amen? Amen? Nothing is impossible with God. All right, so I get my last six minutes here. I'm going to get at least the second point in. All right, number two. I said I'm going to give you three faith facts. If I don't get to number three, I'll get it in next week. All right, you ready for this? Number two. God's will is his word. Now, this is not complicated, so just, just listen very carefully. The question of God's ability that I just got through emphasizing in my first point is usually something that most Christians will acknowledge. They say, oh, yeah, I know that. Oh, yeah, I know, I know that God did those things. Yeah, I know that God's able to do those things. But the problem comes, watch, the problem comes when we answer the question, but is it God's will for you? I know God can do them, but will him do them? Will he do those things for me? Can I appropriate those things for me on a personal level? So what we need to understand is that God's will is revealed to us in his word. Everyone says, well, what is God's will? What is God's will in this situation? I'll tell you, it's revealed to us in the scripture. And what we have to do is know the word of God, the written word of God, and Eva even recognize when God's spirit speaks to us clearly, a rhema word. And when he does that, the Bible says faith comes by hearing the word of God. Can I just remind you a couple of quick scriptures? Isaiah 55, 11, in the prior verses, it says, just like rain comes down from heaven, snow comes down from heaven, does what it's supposed to do, waters the earth. We've had a lot of rain here lately. Amen. Yeah. 
send some of it to Texas. I just got back from Texas. They need some of it, by the way, all right? But, but the same way rain comes down from heaven and, and it does what it's supposed to do, it waters the earth, uh, God says here, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It will not return to me void. It will accomplish what I please and it will prosper in the thing that I sent it to do. Jeremiah 1.12, the Lord says, you have seen correctly. I am watching to see that my word is performed. Literally, the word they're watching means he never sleeps. He's paying attention to his word to make sure it is accomplished. God's will is revealed to us in the scripture. When God says it, count on it. When God speaks it, you can take it to the bank. Even Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she heard that incredible message from the angel announcing to her that she was getting ready to experience one of the greatest miracles that would ever take place. In Luke chapter 1, the scripture says in verse 37, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And then Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, just let it be to me according to your word. With God, Nothing is impossible. It's according to his promises and his word. I challenge you to make God's word personal. See in God's word his will. When you see God's will in his word, then you can have faith released for it. Until you get God's word on a matter, you're struggling to make sense of it. You're trying to rationalize it on your own. What we have to do is discover God's word is his will. Simplest illustration, and we could take it through a hundred different applications, is simply this. What about someone that is lost and doesn't know Jesus Christ? The Bible says it's God's will that none, that none perish, but that all would come to life through Jesus. So if someone's lost and they need a relationship with God, Do we need to scratch our heads and wonder about whether or not they can receive new life through Jesus? We don't have to wonder at all. Why? Why? It's in the Word. We know His will. It's already there. It's in His Word. All we need to do is share the words of life with someone and help them receive it by faith. Amen? And so you'll never have extraordinary faith until you know what God's Word is on the matter. And once you know what God's word is on a subject, on a matter, faith will rise in your heart. We're going to look at the third fact next week. So would you stand with me, please, as we pray? How big is your God? How big is your God? I hope this morning that uh, maybe in your mind, your heart, maybe the bigness of God has crowded out a few fears today. Maybe some of the doubts that have been crowding in your mind you're thinking maybe today just they've been pushed back you've allowed God to be who he really is in your life I'm going to pray with you this morning I want to pray with you this morning and in particular this morning if you're facing problems that in, in, have seemed to you honestly to be bigger than your God would you just let us pray with you this morning I'm going to ask that our prayer teams would go ahead and come forward. If maybe you've been dealing with a problem that has just seemed, I know that you're listening to me this morning, you know better, but it has felt and seemed as though what you're facing 
is bigger than God. Would you just raise your hand? Say, I'm, I'm in that situation. I see a hand here. Someone else? Say, I've been in that situation here recently. I see that hand. Someone else there as well? There. Yes, I'm going to just invite you right now. You, if you raise your hands, I'm going to invite you to come forward to these uh, prayer teams that are here. And I, I'm going to pray a prayer right now as well. But I encourage you to, to come and let them pray more intimately over you and lay hands on you. Can we just pray together, believers, together today? Father, nothing is too big for you. Nothing is impossible with you if we just believe. You also say that for those who believe, all things are possible. So, Lord, as you stir and stimulate our faith for big things, we invite you, Holy Spirit, even today to arrest the fears and doubts that some are struggling with here this morning. We take authority over them now. We ask that the peace, the faith, the joy, the love of God would fill our hearts and would cause these things to flee. Lord, let our faith be enlarged today. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. For whatever your needs may be, even if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can do that today. I'm going to encourage you to come and let one of our prayer teams minister over you. Denise is going to come and declare blessings over you, and then you'll be dismissed. If you would please just open your arms to the Lord to just receive by faith a blessing from him today. May you be blessed with the experience of a big God in your life this week. May you be blessed with big faith for every circumstance of your life. May you be blessed with the belief that all things are possible with your God. May you be blessed with freedom from the bondage of sin. May you be blessed with freedom from fear and anxiety from doubt and fear. May you be blessed with vision to see your circumstances through God's perspective. May you be blessed in your comings and your goings and in everything you do in Jesus' name. Amen.